day by day. Well, now, if you really want it, listen to me, brother. Get down on your knees and pray. Don't you know? Don't you know? He's just there waiting to hear from you. Don't you know? Don't you know? That if you really want to live Praise God, ladies and gentlemen. We are here today to call on the highest power of the universe to bring peace and prosperity upon his people. The God that we serve is a deliverer and a strong tower. He is a God of stability, a God of substance, a God of authority, and a God who can solve all of our issues. So today, establish your people with deliverance. Deliverance from the unemployment line. Deliverance from food stamps and welfare. Deliverance from the inner city housing and project living. Deliverance from drug addiction. Deliverance from social injustice. Deliverance from drive-by shootings. Deliverance from illiteracy and homelessness. Deliverance from racism and bigotry. Deliverance from hatred and violence. Deliverance from the doom of demonism. Deliverance from sin and seduction. Deliverance from helplessness and despair. Authenticate us with the principles of your power so that we can dwell in your power today. can have deliverance today. Today we're looking to help individuals in our area because of the coronavirus pandemic. So many people are scared. So many people are troubled because there's no place to go. We'd like to be able to help. If you will just please consider calling our helpline. Telephone number 318 742-0606. Again, 318-742-0606. You can also write us at Post Office Box 5452, 
Bossier City, Louisiana, zip code 71171. Our purpose is to provide a resource for each and every person in our area. And there's so much that we'd like to offer. But my question is, how many of you today would just consider being a part of our family in helping others? And so we're going to ask for those of you who'd like to be a help resource. We'd like to have a prayer line. There's some other things that we're going to be offering. And over the next couple of weeks, we'd like to be able to help families who are hurting because of this pandemic. We've delivered food. We've gone into neighborhoods and cut grasses for lawns for senior citizens. Whatever we can do to help in our community, we'd like to be able to help you to go through this very troublous time. This past week, we cut a couple of lawns for individuals who just did not even have food in their house. The grass was knee high. And my sons and I got two lawnmowers and we went into the community and we were cutting grass. We'd like to help you, so just consider calling area code 318-742-0606. Again, that telephone number is area code 318-742-0606. We will be able to help you if only you would just call. Now we're getting ready to get our souls blessed as we finish that message from last week, identified by identity. Please strap on your seatbelt so that the Holy Ghost can bless us as we worship today.
We're continuing our message from last week, Identified by Identity. As the first phase of the 2300 days of Daniel's prophecy was coming to an end, the state of the affairs of man had become one of continued lawlessness. The Pharisees and Sadducees were ever proclaiming themselves holy and not really knowing what the word means. But now, with the message of Jesus so real and true, it seemed that everyone should want to hear the story of the little babe of Bethlehem. The few days with Jesus after the resurrection were more than precious, but oh, they were too short. The 11 men left to carry the great evangel were mostly Galileans, and even as fishermen, they had no university training or any intellectual stimulation of their spiritual minds. For three and a half years, they were just followers of Jesus, and for the most part, he did all the talking. They had very little to contribute. These men had very little to offer. Why, even once when asked to cast out a demon, they were helpless and unable to execute the simple commands of Jesus. Their knowledge of the gospel was also limited. Their thought was, why study with Jesus around? He had all the answers like an encyclopedia, even information about the flowers and the birds. They hadn't even come out of the university yet, but Jesus knew everything. Physics class was disbanded when they tried to explain how Jesus could walk on water. Science class was stopped when they tried to explain about the night that he told the wind and the waves to shut up and they obeyed him. Not one yet has been able to understand how he was able to take five barley loaves and take two fishes and help 5,000 men, not counting women and children. Don't even mention the wedding feast where the bride and the groom were embarrassed because somewhere in the middle of the wedding feast, the wine steward looked at the supply of welches that was left in the jars. With the evening still young and the party was still just getting on, and all of a sudden, one of the guests told her friends, Mary, and she looked at her son Jesus, and he commissioned the servants to go and draw some water and fill up the barrels. And lo and behold, when the barrels were brought back to the party, and no one yet can explain who put that wine in the jars. And the texture was more vintage than any they had ever squeezed before. There was something special about this man that they called Jesus. He had a power uncontainable. He had wisdom inexhaustible. He had knowledge unexplainable. He had strength undeniable. He had joy unquenchable. He had love unfathomable. Once you know him, nobody can take his place. If you meet him and don't stay with him, you are empty when you don't have him. Jesus to these men was not only their Lord and master. To them, he was a doctor in the sick room. He was a lawyer in the courtroom. He was food on the table. Oh, yes, God is able. Even one day when Peter didn't pay his taxes, Jesus sent him fishing on a fishing expedition. And lo and behold, when Peter followed Jesus' orders, money was found in the fish's mouth. 
without the presence of their Lord, these disciples realized that they had nothing to offer. Sometimes it takes God taking everything away from you to help you realize that you have all that you need in Jesus. Sometimes it takes a coronavirus for us to realize just how important Jesus is to us. If God allowed some of us to strike the lottery, we would think that we don't need Jesus anymore. That's why some of you can buy lottery tickets until you exhaust every number in the base 10 system and still you will never get the right number. God won't let you get the money because since he can't trust you with the little bit that he's given you, he can never trust you with a larger amount. We haven't learned the simple lesson of he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in that which is much. As God is able to trust us, he is able to give more to us. When he can trust us to come to church and prayer meeting and when God is able to know that we will be faithful to him in a faithful tithe and an honest offering, when he can allow us the blessed privilege of winning a soul and seeing a precious soul come into the church and he can find us as an example, someone who will live a representative life in front of his precious seat so that the Spirit of God will convince a young soul that they have made the right choice. It was in this spirit of helplessness, without the visible presence of Jesus, that these disciples began to turn to the Scripture for spiritual guidance. In this frame of mind, these men began to wonder, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come? He will guide you into all truth. They also remembered, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. In their despair, these texts were therapeutic. They needed to hear them because when Jesus was taken up in a cloud, these disciples went back into Jerusalem and gathered in an upper room. There was much soul searching and Bible study. Many prayers were ascending to the throne room. There's nothing like a crisis to get people praying. This room was occupied by 120 people who began to rejoice in the triumph of their risen Lord. While they were missing Jesus' comforting words and positive attitude, they were able to stand on the promises of God. They remembered that they could always trust in the words of Jesus. Others had lied to them, but Jesus had never failed them. And if Jesus said that another comforter was coming, they with anticipation were awaiting the arrival of this mysterious visitor. It was about this time that Peter, that loud mouth, always having something to say apostle, stood up and began to proclaim, we all miss Jesus, but I can remember him saying, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the comforter will not come to you. Excited and unable to sit down, Peter kept on talking as he remembered more. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. 
he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our grief and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. It must have been at this point that the upper room experience became real to these faithful followers of Jesus. They knew that Jesus' death had a purpose. Now Jesus' resurrection had true meaning, and now they began to understand his ascension. Jesus must get out of the way so that God the Father, through the power of the Holy Ghost, could use mankind to carry the message of the gospel. Acts chapter 1 and verse 14 says, These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. In order to be of one accord, it is my firm belief that these 120 all had personal contact with Jesus. It is only through Jesus that man can be at peace with one another. It is only through Christ that we can love the unlovely and get along with people that we have constantly been fighting with. Ask a husband and wife that have been fighting like dogs and cats. The only way to bring peace in the home is with Jesus. The deacon in the church that always gets on your last nerve, the only way that you can learn to love him is with Jesus. That brother whose body has been needing dial soap for the longest of time doesn't smell as bad when you can feel the presence of Jesus in his smile and in his countenance. In this group was a multitude of personalities, a multitude of opinions, but one thing that was common in their relationships was that they all at some point had experienced an encounter with Jesus. I'm sure that among this group was a woman who had an issue of blood. Modern medical terms call it uterine hemorrhagia. This woman had been to doctors, to specialists, clinics, hospitals, medical centers, and faith healers. But finally, after hearing all of her friends talk, when she had tried everything else and nothing worked, she decided to try Jesus. I wonder why it is that we always make Jesus a last resort. We will go to the bank, to the finance company, to the loan shark, and we'll even play the lottery when all we had to do was to call up Jesus. The day that this poor feeble woman made her attempt to see Jesus, the crowd was pressing all around. It looked by human means to be impossible to get to Jesus. She found herself unable to push through the crowd, and because she was not to be denied, on her hands and knees she crawled until the hem of his garment was in view. We should learn from this woman one of the most powerful positions that a human being can find themselves in is on their knees. She crawled and pressed and crawled and pressed until she saw herself in reach of just the hem of his garment. In faith, she lunged forward and immediately found herself whole. I believe in this group of 120 was a man named Bartimaeus. 
this was one blind man that seemed to be a nuisance to everybody in Jericho. Every day he cried out to the top of his lungs for help from anybody that he heard come by. People who knew him would whisper when they passed, hoping not to be disturbed. Bartimaeus' sense of hearing was very keen, and at the very sound that Jesus was near, he began to shout at the top of his voice, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Mary Magdalene was surely there. Here was a woman who had been brought up in church school, but for some reason she had lost her way. Her brother Lazarus was still head elder of the church. Her sister Martha was the head deaconess. Everything in Bethany seemed to be fine until Mary got involved with the wrong crowd. Some of the men that she found company were church-going men, but their minds were not on church. They were on Mary. You see, Martha was considered the plain Jane of the family, but Mary, she really had it going on. Mary had a pair of eyes that could melt a man down to his knees. The problem was not her upbringing. She had gone to some of the finest of our Christian schools. The real problem was just that Mary was quite contrary. Bad company brings out bad results, and Mary got involved with sexual sins. And before you know it, she had developed a reputation. It was about this time that the Pharisee came by the house to render the news that it was time to send her away. They had already packed out the, picked out the city of Magdala. There was a little convent for girls to sort of straighten them up and get them on the right track. This sentence became banished to the town of Magdala, and she was already being called Mary of Magdalene. Her bags were packed, and she was about to leave, and at that moment, Jesus came by. You see, Jesus has a way of reaching out and reaching up to those who are in need. You see, Jesus helped Mary come to find herself. You see, this room of 120 individuals were all in some way touched by Jesus. They had unified mission. No longer were they ashamed of the gospel of Christ, but now as never before, they had a mission, and their mission was to tell the message of Jesus in the mountain and in the valley. Tell it on the rooftop, in the plain. Tell it on every mountain and in every hamlet. As long as breath was floating in their lungs, their mission was to tell the message of Jesus. In one accord, these people felt the power of the Holy Spirit rushing in on them. And with power, they began to praise God. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire, and it set on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Now you may be afraid of ghosts. But I declared under the authority of the scriptures, this wasn't Casper the friendly ghost. This was the Holy Ghost. Don't be afraid of the Holy Ghost. That very day, 3,000 souls were baptized in the name of Jesus. The power of the comforter had brought them out of darkness of the upper room. The clarity of their mission was made very plain. And with boldness, they were to walk the streets daily preaching and proclaiming their risen Lord. They need not sneak any longer to the back of the temple because now 
They had the power of the Holy Ghost. It was within this setting the very next day that Peter and John were on their way to the front door of the temple. The time was 3 o'clock p.m. We're talking about not the back gate, but Solomon's gate, right in the front of everybody. These bold disciples were no longer fearful. These Galileans were no longer identified by their identity with their Galilean heritage, but now they were new creatures changed by the indwelling Christ. These defiant stalwarts for Jehovah heard a layman asking for alms. Peter, catching a moment to see the power of God move within, looked at the man and said, Sir, I see that you are a lame man, but nothing is wrong with your eyes. Know that we don't have money, we don't have power, but silver and gold have we none, but the such as we have give I thee. My Christian friends today, it is time for us to give the world Jesus. It's time for us to let the world know that Jesus saves. It's time for us to preach the gospel and to tell the brokenhearted that Jesus is coming soon. Today, I want you to get ready for Jesus' coming because truly, he's coming soon. Good day. God bless you.